fellow lucky Martians. Welcome to episode number 12 of the Deep Dive Autobiography, I'm a Particularly Lucky Martian by Jay Crandall. If you're like me and you love word games, you'll love Don't End a Word. Based on a deceptively simple two-player word game I played in the car with my parents growing up, it is now available. I had moved from the sweatpants I wore during the early days of my recovery, and fortunately not back to the zip-off capris in my college days. I have stopped wearing the khaki pants I favored in middle school as well, and now my pants are almost exclusively jeans. I regularly use foot powder as well, and only wear my socks once before washing. Technically, I do have a form of diabetes, although I do not have any of the symptoms that truly necessitate the socks. Unfortunately, my desire to keep those socks has led to pairing all Despite my supposed maturity, I still like cargo shorts, and have an actual use for all those pockets on occasion. I'm thoroughly unapologetic in my cargo shorts appreciation, as my over 7-year-old dad also is a fan. I use stretchy, washable belts that stay in my pants when I wash them, as my hemiparesis makes the process of removing and threading a belt difficult. My mother informed me that I could just thread the belt before putting it on. I've also made a habit of laundering my sheets, towels, underwear, and socks weekly, a drastic improvement over my not-really-ever-doing-laundry policy in college. And I regularly wear deodorant, not just using it as decor. Unfortunately, I was starting to develop a gut, despite being fairly skinny overall. This was a result of the fortuitous discovery of a solution to frequent my nausea eating something dense, or with some thud, as we like to say. I would often find myself eating multiple bars a day, which worked great to control my nausea, but was a bad habit as my bars of choice were pretty fattening, unhealthy affairs with lots of calories and saturated fat. Luckily, I was able to switch to a far healthier bar, but not before becoming actually kind of pudgy for the first time in my life. In many respects, however, I was getting better, and the frequency I had my doctors and rehab appointments with tapered. I enrolled with my father at the local hospital's fitness center and began working out regularly for the first time in my life. I had always considered myself a skinny weakling and was ashamed to go to the gym in my high school years, but enjoyed this opportunity for us to try and get fit and healthy. Recent research has shown that in addition to the physical benefits of aerobic exercise, it generates new neurons, especially in the hippocampal region, needed for memory. I started keeping a log of the weight settings for the various machines I was using, first in physical form, and it was very satisfying watching my numbers creep up. The pool there was an added bonus in a cavernous room with doors to the outside that they like to keep open. One day a bat managed to get in and was stuck flying circles around the pool, unable to find the exit. I had an idea and looked outside for some pebbles. I grabbed a handful, stood near the door, and when the bat passed nearby, threw them outside. The bat chased after one out the door. I was very proud of myself for that. They also had a hot tub which I had to be careful of because my dysautonomia inhibited my ability to regulate my heart rate and body temperature. But we figured I'd be able to enjoy it for six minutes at a time. I had recovered enough that my father was able to return to work for the small amount of time that he had left before he would be able to collect retirement. They presented him with an ornamental carved ship steering wheel, and I assembled all the various commendation pins he had accumulated into a framed box. And he put his old name tag on top of the molding, so we all know whose computer it is. On the other side is a collection of Father's Day memorabilia, a bunch of cards I made set in an ornamental pen holder Father's Day gift I made in high school. I was happy when Podunk Gloucester got a sushi joint, and was thrilled when we got a second, Jay's Sushi. Unfortunately, we weren't quite big enough in a county to support two sushi joints, but I was able to snag a t-shirt before they went under. 
I guess we're not quite big enough to have two sushi joints. That being said, soon thereafter, a sushi chef appeared in our nearest grocery store. And Anytime Fitness also opened up at a nearby shopping center. We joined and started going regularly, as it was much more convenient than the wellness center. I started going to their weekly gentle yoga classes. I was able to take part in the sessions with the generally older, generally female old other members. After the inclusion of a few assistive devices, a push-up handle for my right hand, as I was unable to flatten it to support myself, and a big pillow for when I was lying down. Apologize to Sal if you see him for taking the shirt, as I couldn't lie flat. In addition to being an excellent stretch, sessions were a great workout. My father and I both busted out our sweatpants and sweatshirts as our workout clothes, with me sometimes wearing the same pants I had in the early days of my recovery. I have a satisfying memory of a drop of sweat dripping from my nose onto the mat during a downward dog pose. It was very satisfying watching my weight settings creep up. And my dad and I were even named July slash August members of the month. You've been listening to episode number 12 of Jay Crandall's Deep Dive Autobiography, I Am a Particularly Lucky Marshall. A while ago, I decided to turn a collection of t-shirt design ideas which innocently and covertly depict vulgar phrases into t-shirts. Things like a man with a giant wooden golf club, a deer with a massive rack of horns, etc. To get one and snicker about it in the lunchroom, visit tinyurl.com slash secretly vulgar. And check out tinyurl.com slash hidden animal sentences to see a list of hidden animal sentences I made when my mom in elementary school illustrated with the animal from that sentence hidden in the picture. It felt good to be getting back into shape, but I began getting an even worse form of headache than the migraines I suffered from when I was younger, cluster headaches. I had suffered from migraines until my injury ironically stopped them, and for a few years, I was headache-free. Also known as suicide headaches, cluster headaches are essentially even worse migraines and are among the most painful conditions known to medical science. A person can end up with as many as five or six a day, Even worse, alcohol was a major trigger for the headaches, so my daily butt or beer was removed. None of the standard headache or migraine medications were effective. Luckily, I discovered the use of breathing pure oxygen through a special mask to treat each headache, which was a godsend. While I would still get the headaches, the oxygen would abort a headache in about 10 minutes. My headaches started out seasonal. They would start around the same time each year and would last a few weeks. Then one year, my headache cycle didn't stop when it should have. I had shifted from episodic to chronic form cluster headaches. We went to a headache doctor who asked me to lie down flat so he could palpitate my head. We warned him that I couldn't do that, but he insisted. A few minutes after lying down, I grew beet red and incredibly nauseous and almost threw up. Steve was dating and eventually proposed to Nina a smart and beautiful Russian. She accepted, and he asked me to be his groomman. I told them I would love to, and a few months later, I got to watch them affirm their commitment after walking down the aisle with two bridesmaids, Teresa and Ivana. En route to try on tuxedos with my parents at Marshall's when I suffered from a surprisingly powerful bout of intestinal distress and an intense pang of diarrhea that I was not expecting and did not prepare adequately for. I didn't say anything, And when my mother handed me a suit to try on, I sheepishly told her that I couldn't. She was very confused, as we had traveled all this way just for that purpose. But after some prodding, I explained why, and my mother, who wasn't about to have made this trip for nothing, had an idea. I could just buy some new underwear, put it on in the dressing room, and then try on the suit. 
That worked for me, and after purchasing some new underwear, I went to the changing area to put on the new pair and try out the suit. While I was changing, someone came up and started banging loudly on the door. I apologized, said I was changing and would be out in a minute. I finished, checked myself out, and went outside. My parents were sitting quietly aghast. They thought the suit looked fine and quietly said we should hurry out. I changed back. We told them that the suit would work, and my parents hurried out, looking ashen. It wasn't until we got to the car that we started laughing, and we couldn't stop laughing for the rest of the trip home. While I was changing, my mom noticed a commotion around the changing rooms. When she asked what was going on, the attendant warned her not to go inside. There was a crazy, stinky man in the women's bathroom, the attendant told my mother. My mom immediately thought that I had gone into the wrong bathroom. I'm so sorry. That is my son. He has a visual problem, she explained. The lady just looked at my mom and said, quite flatly, Lady, that was an old black man. What I heard was a man who very urgently needed to use the bathroom and not being able to, and then disappearing to barge into the women's changing area. My mother almost always had a soda at dinner. We were frequently treated to unabashed and quite vocal burps, which I decided to start rating on a 1 to 10 scale, informing my parents of the rating. They would sometimes agree with my assessment and sometimes argue. I would take their positions into account and sometimes change the rating. I would give points for volume, duration, and tone, with extra points for the rare occasion of multiple syllables. Jared was eating over with us for dinner, had heard of our practice, and responded to my mother's unabashed loud belch with a nonchalant eight. His daughter started to rate burps as well and has begun venturing into decimals, giving one of my recent burps an 8.75. My father prefers drinking black tea and doesn't often belch, but he does expel air from the other end far more frequently, and I like to give these emissions ratings as well. When this happens while we're on a walk, he can really pick up the multi-syllabic bonuses as they are periodically interrupted by his steps. Eventually, Jared and his daughter would come in to join in on the burp rating too and haggle over the score. Jared introduced us on to Trey Crowder, the liberal redneck, and he mentioned kombucha in one of his videos. We were curious what it was. I looked it up online and learned that it was fermented tea, a brewed beverage that I could probably enjoy during my cluster headaches, and could purchase a bottle to try at our next grocery store visit. It was exorbitantly expensive, but delicious. After a while drinking kombucha, my dad and I decided to get a kombucha homebrew kit for Christmas. We were amazed at the ease of kombucha production, especially considering the prices charged for it. It was very empowering to start taking the larger portion of the beverage for a change. We began to experiment with flavors and eventually created our favorite so far. Something I'm very surprised is not available commercially. Lemon, ginger, and blueberry kombucha. Or LGBT. One day when Jared and his daughter were visiting, I decided to ask her to create a message in a bottle. The message, Dear whoever finds this, please, if you are a YouTuber, film this. The year is 2018. I am 8 years old. I'm writing this with my friend Jay. He is 33 and he forgets things. My favorite food is basil. There is a game called Animal Jam. My user is Baltar1234. Animal Jam is free. Please buddy me. If you do, I will trade you a rare. I am a messy writer, sorry. Please, buddy, Ella, her user is hippie1321. I am in third grade. I live in Virginia. My view is a forest from my house. 
I love to draw. The end. And then we dropped it in the water at the end of the pier. I invited Cheek and his girlfriend Isabella to volunteer pulling beer with us at Gloucester's Brews and Blues. They were willing and able to make the really long trip from Baltimore and back to slap on another great t-shirt and join me behind a tap handing out beer. They brought their ancient one-eyed sweetheart of a dog, Tammy, and when I offered them use of my pedal kayak, decided to take her along. She attempted to join them, but was unable to effectively judge the distance she had to cover and ended up getting an unplanned bath. They safely rescued her and took the dampened canine with them on a jaunt up the creek. I've really been enjoying French house music, and I've come to really like the radio station's ABF, Alternative Bass Frequence, and M2 Club. There's something I really like about the excellent production and dancey vibes of their French house. Even though it is generally fairly poppy and vocal laden, I'm so jealous of European radio. I remember enjoying the radio music I was listening to as I wandered around Delft when I was in college. I was really impressed with the music of Cheek, Troy, and Rowan. You can access their music in the Google Docs version of this episode. You've been listening to episode number 12 of Jay Crandall's Deep Dive Autobiography, I Am a Particularly Lucky Martian. To see the Google Docs version of this with extra bits that didn't quite work in podcast form, visit bit.ly.com slash luckymartian12. Many thanks to Google for providing the perfect medium to record this. And check out Don't End a Word in the App Store if you're like me and love word games. Thanks to Shining Seconds for composing the theme music. You can access their webpage at shiningseconds.bandcamp.com. See you next episode, and as always, stay lucky.